Hello, is this thing on? My goodness. Hello, you guys. Welcome to Love Alexi. Uh, my name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast, and uh, I skipped a week, which is very rare for me. I didn't put out a podcast, and uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't do that. Um, didn't put out a podcast, that is. I think it's because I've been highly emotional. Now, I don't know when this all began. Uh, there are a lot of components that add up to it. But uh, I know that when I had uh, Lacey Phillips on my podcast a few weeks ago, uh, it was when, it was like right when uh, Anthony Bourdain had committed suicide. And I was really upset about that. And I, you know, if you heard the Chelsea Wolf episode, my intro was, was also recorded the same day that Anthony Bourdain died. And, uh, but even before that, all these things were kind of like coming together for me. And I almost like, I was supposed to have Pat Allen, a relationship expert, a psychotherapist, uh, the list goes on as to what she is, uh, is a, an expert in and a master of, and she's got so many credentials. Like I can't even list them all right now, but she's like an 80 something year old woman. And, uh, she wrote a book called getting to, I do, and a, a million other books. Anyway, I was supposed to have her on the podcast, uh, last week or this week and it, it got postponed and I wanted to go to her seminar before I actually interviewed her. So, you know, it's better that it was postponed so I could see her in action. But anyway, um, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't put out another an episode again for a second week because I don't have a guest and do people really want to hear me ramble? But I thought, fuck it. I'm going to, uh, I'm putting out a rambly rant of a podcast and I'm going to try to be, whether it's a good idea or not, as vulnerable as possible. So I guess what's happened is... Um, now, here's here's the story that'll take us to, to now. Uh, whether you listen to this podcast and you are a diehard fan and you follow along every episode, or if you don't, I'll make it easy for everyone if you've never tuned in before. Uh, these episodes are not usually like this, by the way, first and foremost, if you've never tuned in. And, uh, and uh, second, I mean, if they were, I would, I'd be reading emails. Like normally if I'm just talking, I'd be reading your emails, not just fucking uh, blabbering for an hour, maybe over an hour. Who knows what's going to happen today? But anyway, in, in January, I had a guest on the show and it was the first time Lacey Phillips uh, she is a manifestation advisor. She is my has now become my self-help guru. She came on this podcast in January, and uh, I had just kind of gotten out of a relationship in November, a very quick six-week relationship. You know, I had been dating a bunch of people, actually, in October. God, when I think about October and how many people I had sex with, uh, I don't want to talk about it. But, uh, you know, I was having sex with people, dating friends, dating May having makeouts, just drinking, gallivanting about town, having rendezvous, whatever. And then I met somebody and I had a six-week uh, dalliance with him. And that was very intense and it was not right for me and it wasn't right for him either. And that ended. And then when I kind of told Lacey uh, in January about this dalliance, the six-week uh, six dalliance, uh, she referred to it as my rock bottom, my dating rock bottom. And uh, and I was like, okay, I agree. You're right. 
that was not a great experience. Uh, I moved way too quickly. I didn't listen to my intuition. All of it was wrong. And it spun me out and made me feel bad. Anyway, so between like November and uh, March, I didn't date. I, I, I took time off. It's about three or four months. And uh, after I had Lacey on the show, she uh, gave me access to all of her online workshops. She has a website called freenative.com and uh, a plethora of workshops you can do to um, raise your self-worth, unblock all the shit that's blocking you subconsciously, unconsciously, you know, deal with your, whatever happened to you in your child, childhood between the ages of zero and 14. And, and, you know, so you raise your self-worth so you can be on the same level of all the things you want to attract into your life. And, and, uh, you find examples of people in your life or even on TV or whatever that are examples of, of, uh, who you want to be, or they, they have a life and a vibe and, uh, you know, that you want for yourself. So you have to find expanders. She calls them expanders. You got to raise your self-worth. You got to unblock by doing hypnotherapy. And you can do that on, in her workshops, um, you know, just in the privacy and comfort of your own home using earbuds and uh, whatever. So I did all these things. And then I did, you know, there's one for, this is not a paid ad for fucking freenative.com. Okay. I'm just trying to take you to, to up to now, you know, it might take us forever, but we're going to get there. I promise. So I did all these workshops and there's one called shadow where you deal with your shadow self, which is like all the stuff about yourself that you like stuff inside you. I, I still don't really even know how to explain what your shadow self is, except like, you know, all I know is it comes up when like I'm in a relationship and I'll project all this mean stuff on the person I'm dating. And I'll be like, you're like this, you're being like this. And then I'll realize like, oh no, that's me. Like that's some aspect of myself that I don't want to admit that I have, that I'm ashamed of, that I'm putting on him because I don't know why. Anyway, that's the best I can explain shadow stuff. Anyway, uh, there's one called reparent where you kind of uh, try to fix all the damage that was done in your childhood and you reparent yourself. Um, and there's one called blah, 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 yakety schmackety. Then I did one called partnership. Now, partnership, that's fun. That's fun. It's like you get to write that cliche list. You're looking you know, about you know, everything you want and your ideal boyfriend or girlfriend, your partner that you want to call into your life. So I did that. I did all the exercises. I did the hypnotherapy. I wrote the list of everything I want in the ideal man for me because I'm a you know, I'm a woman who's into men. So I, I wrote it out for the ideal dude for me. I never say dude. That was, uh, that was crazy. Anyway. So I wrote out the list. Then I wrote out a list of all the things I bring to the table. I did whatever Lacey Phillips told me to do in this workshop. Did it all. I, I went through, you know, I, I, I remembered every single guy I'd ever dated or had sex with or made out with. I conjured up all the, you know, uh, all the guys I've ever you know, been in relationships with and what they all had in common. I, you know, uh, metaphorically in my mind's eye, I'll push them all into a fire and like jumped into the fire as well, just to start over like a rebirth, whatever. And, uh, and at the end of this workshop, I'm not telling you all the details of what you had to do in this workshop, this like five day workshop, I believe. Uh, but at the end of it, it's like, throw yourself out into the world. And I was like, you know what? Okay, Lacey, I fucking will. So, 
I did that. And it, it suggests you go on a dating app. Now, I had already been on Raya. Raya is like Illuminati Tinder. And by the way, I heard some TV show recently had an episode where they referred to um, a members-only um, whatever uh, elitist dating app as Illuminati Tinder. And uh, that pissed me off. I cannot believe it. I've been calling it Illuminati Tinder for years. And then somebody alerted, uh, told me on uh, Instagram DMs that uh, that was used. Stolen from me, I believe. But who cares? Anyway, um, it's not the time to be bitter right now. It's the time to be vulnerable. So I get on Tinder. I decide to get on Tinder. I'm done with Raya. I'd already dated a bunch of boneheads and lovely people from Raya. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get on the Everyman app. So I get on this app. And, uh, and I, I, I match with this very handsome man, six, four, handsome, smart, stylish, whatever, who cares? Uh, and I go on a date with him and it was my first and hopefully last Tinder date because I had been in a relationship with this man for four months, nearly four months. And my God, that's when all, this is when all the work comes up. This is when all the fear, insecurities, uh, self-worth, self-esteem issues on my end uh, come up. Yeah, you can match with someone. You can get a thing going with another human being and being in a relationship, but it doesn't end there. And that's what I've been fucking um, spinning over lately. I've been having a hard time. I've been having a really hard time. Now, I don't know if it's because I really like this person and or if I would do this with any man. I feel like I would probably, I feel like it's a mixture of both. It's like the intensity, uh, the time in my life that I'm at right now where I feel like I'm a full-on adult, I'm ready to have a serious relationship, I would have children, I would have, you know, get married and all these things. I, I didn't feel that way even like a year ago or two years ago. I really didn't. But, uh, and then I've met this very like, nice, kind, seemingly healthy without darkness man who treats me very well and he's different from other people I've dated. I'm used to codependents, addicts, narcissists, musicians, like, you know, directors, whatever, mainly musicians, where there's a lot of like fiery, like passion and we're both codependent. And uh, so anyway... Everything is going swimmingly with this guy. Completely great. Lovely. And then all of a sudden, uh, he goes out of town for three weeks, about six weeks into our relationship. We weren't official. I told him I needed to move slow. He heard me. He respected that. So, you know, I waited six weeks to have sex with him, which is like major. And I wrote about all this in essays that I've written for a, uh, a website called Ravishly. So if you want to read any of those, I... Uh, I talk about gearing up to get on Tinder and I talk about uh, a lot of it. And I'm, there are more articles to come than essays to come that are going to be published uh, stories and essays written by me on Ravishly. But anyway, um, so I waited six weeks to sleep with them because that's one of the things that uh, they tell you to do on freeandnative.com and in a lot of books, you know, get to know them, get to know a person, lay the foundation. So... Oh God, I feel like I'm going to pump up the volume right now. Oh my God. I'm just like on my bed right now. Just fucking like having a conversation with no one. But you guys are there. I know you're listening. You'll let me know that you listen. Um, 
So we wait six weeks. He goes out of town to have sex. He goes out of town at around that six-week mark, and he's going to be out of town for three weeks. Now, while he's gone, I'm missing him, and he's being very attentive. He's not a crazy, crazy texter like I am. He's not as addicted to social media as I am. I mean, we all are, but he's not as much as I am. Um, and even when he, when he was going to leave, he said, what can I do to make sure you're, you are, feel safe and you feel calm? And I was like, wow, thank you very much. I was like, well, when in doubt, text me more. Just text, 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 text. Anyway, so he's, you know, we're FaceTiming, he's texting me. Uh, he even sent me flowers in the two month mark of us being together. And we still weren't official. We weren't official boyfriend and girlfriend, but we, we both let each other know that we weren't seeing anybody else. You know, we weren't whatever. We were only dating each other. Um, and so he's gone. And while he's gone, I make the stupid mistake. And I really don't want to beat myself up so much lately. Somebody wrote to me on Instagram saying like, try to do an episode where you don't say anything bad about yourself. And I'm like, what do I say bad things about myself? That's weird. I didn't know that anyway. So I am going to try to be more gentle with myself, uh, all of the time, not just on this podcast. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I make the mistake of looking at his Instagram. And when I say look at his Instagram, you people know what I'm talking about. You know, especially girls. I'll fucking make it, make it gender specific. I don't give a fuck. It's a real thing. I am completely right when I say, girls, you know what I'm talking about. I looked not only at his activity, that section where you can see that evil, evil section of Instagram where you can see what people are liking, why that exists on Instagram, I do not know. It's so fucking unnecessary and fucked up and feeds a person who is insecure and, uh, you know, with a habit of crazy mind spirals. So I start looking at that. I find nothing, nothing. He's like liking photos of, you know, whatever, nothing, nothing scandalous, nothing tawdry, not that it's any of my fucking business. If it is, if he is doing that and it actually, it is my business because whatever we're having sex, but you can't control people. Listen, I have both voices in my head going, I probably have three or four voices in my head. I can, you know, I'm, I can justify my behavior and I can also be devil's advocate, but, uh, I'm very sleepy right now, by the way, I'm trying to be raw and sleepy on this podcast. But I start looking at his activity. I don't find anything tawdry, but it turns into this vicious cycle of addiction where I start getting addicted to the adrenaline rush of swiping the like section to the right, looking at the activity section and being like, okay, didn't find anything, didn't find anything. Oh, and by the way, we didn't even follow each other at this point. I would like, oh God, I can't even tell you this. I would like follow him at night while he was, while I knew he was probably sleeping and then unfollow him immediately and then just check. Or I would look at his page. Yeah, that's psycho. I know that. And I don't want to say it's psycho because I have so many female friends who do this and worse. They like go into their boyfriend's phones. They hack into whatever. I mean, so let's just take the shame away of this behavior because uh, this behavior uh, exists. I'm not alone in this. I refuse to feel shameful. And besides, I'm outing my behavior. Let me be the raw, 
vulnerable vessel that makes you feel better about yourself, either because you've never done this shit and you've never engaged in this, in this obsessive compulsive behavior or because you have, and now you're not alone. Anyway, then I started looking at who he follows, who he follows, all the girls he follows, all of them, you know, because it's subjective. I was like, oh, I'll just check on the ones that I think are cute. But then I'm like, who knows who he's had sex with? So I'm like looking. I'm like, there's one girl who only posts nudes. I like freak out. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like going through all of her photos, even past the point of him and when him and I met to see if he had liked any of them. He hadn't, but it's still annoying that like she exclusively posts nudes. And I was like, oh, I've got to post more nudes. But also, fuck. God. Like, anyway. Because I've met this guy who's like, he says he's not into porn, which is probably, you know, I know you're rolling your eyes. Of course, all men are into porn. But really, he's a very, like, he's a, not, not square, but he's very, um, I don't know. I do believe my intuition about him says he's just like a good guy and he's, uh, I don't know. I would believe him if he said he's not into porn and he said that. I mean, of course, we've all watched porn at some point. He's not never not seen porn. But anyway, I do believe him. He's not a liar. He's a he's a he's a he's a man of his word. He's got good morals. He's just a good, solid, good, good, good guy. Anyway, but then I'm on the other end of the spectrum. He's in Europe. I'm freaking out in Los Angeles, looking at all his behavior and, uh, you know, not finding anything but looking for stuff and even looking at the girls he follows and, and seeing that he had like some photos of girls. I had no idea who these women were to him. Did he date them? Did he fuck them? Is he in love with them? Are they DMing? I'm making up all these false stories in my head. I mean, false, true or false, whatever. I don't know. I'm making up stories in my head. And I get so sucked into this Instagram world. I completely forget about my in real life experiences with this man, with the uh, texts that he's sending me, with the phone calls. Instead, I'm like, I start getting like kind of cold and weird and erratic and like not very friendly with him when he texts me. And he's like, what? You know, he didn't understand why my mood shifted. Rightfully so. Why would he? He has no idea what's going on. And it's not at the point where I can tell him, oh, sorry, I'm being moody. Um, I'm just having a panic attack and freaking out and having this weird relationship with your Instagram account and every girl you follow or who follows you. Uh, that's cool, right? I can't tell him that because that's insane. It's not okay. <sighs> he gets back to town. I ask him about girls he's dated before me. He's like, are you sure you want to know? We're still not boyfriend and girlfriend, by the way. He tells me. He goes, are you going to look them up on Instagram? I'm like, no. Yes. So I totally look all of them up. I, you know, I spin, I spiral. I'm upset. Oh my God. I'm like, why did I ask you? And now I'm like actively telling him, yes, I'm freaking out because I looked at your Instagram. I created false stories in my head. Now I know who you, who you dated. Ugh. Like, ugh. I hate that I know what they all look like now and I can access all their information because I have their names now. It's like this time is so weird and I, I have no boundaries and, I need some self-control, but I, you know, um, anyway, then like there are good days and bad days. Some days I'm angry and I'm mad and I'm insecure. This all stems from insecurity and fear and wanting to control a person and micromanage them or look for reasons to run. You know, I mean, can you imagine what if I dated Tom Brady? How would I maneuver that? How would I, well, first of all, how would I, how would, 
I mean, how have I met, met him? But anyway, but uh, let's say I'm dating like we'll just say Tom Brady for like he will represent like a famous babe. Can you imagine? I would die. I would never be able to handle that. I'm trying to date some like dude. I'm not going to say his name or what he does because that's how like possessive I am. I don't want anybody, any of you to find him. <laughs> but like, how do people? Who how do famous people date? Like how, how I could I don't know if I could ever date a super famous guy, but yet I've dated musicians who have tons of fans, and I was fine then. I think wasn't I? Oh God, maybe I need to make some amends to them. Ugh. Anyway, um, maybe I wasn't. Yikes. I think it's like childbirth for me that every time I date someone, I forget my old behavior, and it's it's as if like, oh no, I've never done that before, or I've you know I was calm, cool, and collected in the last thing. Um, this is just new behavior for me in this thing. Um, anyway, so I'm freaking out now. We've got the Instagram spiraling that I'm doing. Um, you know, he's very sweet about it. He's like, he doesn't really understand. He's like, what? That's not real. Like, what do you, you asked me who I dated. I told you I'm honest and, you know, just calm down. If you relax, I'll relax. Let's just be good. Everything's good. But then I was like, why aren't we boyfriend and girlfriend yet? Oh my God, why doesn't he want me to be his girlfriend? Not, you know, I'm sure the Instagram spiraling isn't helping. But anyway, but then I calmed down, I calmed down barely. I put the Instagram stuff to bed for a minute, barely. I, I chilled the fuck out about not being boyfriend and girlfriend, girlfriend officially yet. Because I know if I just fucking relax, things will be good. So we go on a beautiful trip and we become boyfriend and girlfriend and it's lovely. And then fucking two of the girls he used to date before me, who were not his girlfriends, by the way, they were uh, just girls he dated. Anyway, um, they start watching my fucking stories because they're fucking probably going down some Instagram wormhole as well where they're monitoring who he's following now. And then they found me, some hot babe. Sorry, guys, just kidding. Just kidding. But actually, you know, I'm not bad looking. How dare you? Anyway, they see that he follows me and then they're going down a, 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 an Instagram K-hole worm spiral of their own being like, who is this girl? What is he to her? What is she to him? And uh, of course, that was like the first time I ever storied him. And they're watching my stories, which, by the way, I think is a rookie mistake because as crazy as I got looking at the girls that my boyfriend uh, is friends with on Instagram, I would never watch their stories. No, rookie mistake. I can't believe these girls didn't know that I would be able to see that they're watching my stories. Or maybe they just thought I I wouldn't, you know, that he wouldn't have told me that he ever dated these girls anyway so all that's happening yakety schmackety and then since then I mean it's been about two months and it's been like it's been me or maybe it's been a month I think actually a month since uh, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend it's been me going in and out of um this cycle of Instagram insecurities um, or not even Instagram insecurities. It's been a cycle of me getting upset over a thing that isn't a real problem, bringing it up to him, whether it's Instagram or ex-girlfriends or jealousy or this or that, 
So I'll bring it up with him. He'll talk to me about it, but I won't drop it. That'll irritate him. Then I'll feel intense shame because my uh, like irrationality, is that, the, is that a word? My being irrational all of a sudden is mirrored in his eyes and I can see the logic of his responses and I'm like, and then I get filled with shame. So it's like I, I get insecure, lash out, he responds logically. I feel intense shame and embarrassment for being insecure, fearful, lashing out, not being on my best behavior, which is how I was like the first six weeks of dating him. And then the shame, and, and, then, and then I just feel horrible shame. And then I, I like try to relax. I got to wait till he relaxes after my behavior. And that's like basically I've been putting myself under a microscope. And then it's good for a bit if I let it be. And that's where I'm at right now. But I like lost 15 pounds. Um, and had to like go to therapy, which I had stopped going to for a bit. And what I learned is that it's not even really about Instagram. I mean, Instagram is a really huge thing that's going on in our culture that we don't talk about enough and like mindfulness with phones and texting and Instagram. Oh, don't even get me started. The, the other aspect, the, the, the new way I found to, to monitor, not his behavior, but to like micromanage and control and find a reason to be upset and hurt my own feelings. That's a better way of describing it. I was hurting my own feelings would be, I would feel shame about bad me being me behaving badly and, and, you know, and then I would be like, Oh my God, he likes me less. Now he likes me less. I can tell. And I would project that he likes me less. Really. He was probably just recovering from being like exhausted and confused by me, but I would perpetuate the weirdness by being like, Oh no, I acted this way. Now he's probably mad at me and he likes me less. And that's why his texts aren't as warm and cozy as they were before or, or, Oh no. If he didn't text me good morning, but he watched all my stories or he's watching my stories, but he hasn't texted me or he hasn't responded to a text that didn't really warrant a response, but whatever. Um, but he watched my stories or he's liking stuff on Instagram or Twitter. I would be like, well, there you go. I'm justified. He doesn't like me as much. He's being disrespectful. I'm angry at him. I want it to be like it was before. Only a few weeks before, because this relationship hasn't been going on very long. So anyway, that's this vicious, weird cycle I've been in. And I think it stems from like, well, I'm turns out I I'm codependent, I suppose. I went to my first codependent anonymous meeting when I was spiraling. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I don't like saying this, but I, you know. I actually made a short film about this like two years ago. It, the writing was on the wall. The, the short film I, I made is also called Love Alexi because I guess I'm naming my podcast, my, my short films. Everything in my life is referred to as Love Alexi. In search of the love, the desperate, desperately in search of the love I didn't get from my father. Anyway, but that's not even a joke. Anyway, so I made this short film like years ago 
And it's like almost like it could be like used as an advertisement for, for a, a codependent anonymous because, and I've done this in every relationship, when you make somebody more important or when your mood, I should say my, my mood, if my mood is dependent on somebody else's behavior, that's fucked up. That's not right. If I'm like, if all my self-worth and self-esteem is wrapped up in someone else, someone else, their attention on me, their behavior, if, if all of my self-worth and self-esteem is wrapped up in them and what they're doing and what they're doing with me, and how they're acting towards me, that's not healthy. And I guess I've just like, you know, I don't know who this guy is to me. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. I can't keep, because another thing I would do when I was, you know, in the shame section of these spirals would be like, did I ruin it? Did I ruin it? Which is like, you know, I just can't even care about that because I can't like beat myself up if I've ruined it, because right now I've got to like go through all this inner work and it's for myself right now. But anyway, but I don't know what's going to happen with him. It is not ruined. I don't want to say it's not ruined yet, but I'm still dating him. And then I'm just trying to, uh, you know, he's my boyfriend. I'm his girlfriend. I'm trying to let it be good because it will be good if I let it be. But, uh, yeah. And I made all this homework for myself. I was like, okay. Cause I talked about it with my therapist and he was like, you have to stop. Like you have to stop needing reassurance from him. You have to stop wanting to talk about everything. Talk, talk, talk. You did this. You didn't do this. It makes me feel like this. Can we talk about it? Are we good? Blah, blah, blah. I'm feeling this way. Is that why, you know, does this mean you don't like me? Blah, blah, blah. I can't talk about that with him anymore. And by the way, this whole episode isn't even about him. I, I hope he's not going to listen to it. He knows not to. I, this is for me. This is, could be any guy. This could be any guy or girl you're dating, whoever you are listening right now. Like, again, really, all this is is just framework for somebody else to, like, put their own shit on because maybe you're going through exactly what I'm going through. But anyway, my therapist went, stop. It's not about him. He can't do this for you. He can't make you feel solid. Here's the homework, Alexi. Uh, let it be good for 21 days. Don't start a problem with him. Don't have some long, you know, intense talk about feelings for 21 days. Oh, yeah, that was another fight I, I made happen where I was like, we're at the beach and I was like, he was being quiet and I like all the voices in my head. That's another thing. The voices in my head will take me to very dark places. Oh, and I just make myself so angry and think there's a way everything should be and there's like etiquette and rules and, and I'm being wronged. But you know what? I'm the monster. I am the fucking monster. I'm controlling. I'm the one deciding and getting mad at other another person. And this isn't even about him, but it's, it could be him. It could be my ex-boyfriend you know, and it's always with somebody that I'm 
very intense about. If I don't care about somebody very much, it's like the shit is less likely to come up, but you know, there's other shit that comes up. But anyway, my therapist was like, don't just let it be good for 21 days because 21 days is how long it takes to break a habit. He also said, don't look at his Instagram activity. You don't find anything anyway. There's nothing to be found. It just triggers all this weird shit. It's a Pandora's box of fucking insanity and insecurity. It is for everybody. But especially for someone like, you know, in my case where I'm just like, I don't know. I don't, I can't blame Instagram, but it sure as hell doesn't help. But other people don't take it as seriously sometimes. You know, even the person I'm dating was saying like, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't care if you like my tweet or if I like your tweet or if like, you know, I've never talked about Instagram with anybody as much as I, as I have with you. Like, you know, you, you look to the people I follow, but it's like, it's you and me. Like they don't matter. It's not real. If I look at your stories and I don't text you, maybe I'm not in a good mood to be texting and I'm just like in a waiting, it's like waiting room and I'm looking at stories or whatever. Just like anyway, which is true. But I guess I'm so used to like codependent men who are like always texting and then I text and like, I don't know when the culture decided that's like acceptable. It's like we're in these like ongoing text conversations with our significant others all the time. And I'm used to that. And that's how I like feel attended to. And not that the person I'm dating doesn't text me back ever or whatever. He's fine. But of course, um, when you're dating a girl and she's always mad at you or you feel like you're walking on eggshells with her because you can't do anything right or, you know, because she gets irritated so easily, yeah, you might not be texting as as much or emphatically or as a effusively is that a word being as effusive as you usually are because it's a bit weird but anyway it's been getting better it's been happy and good tomorrow's the 4th of July or when you're listening to this it's gonna be the 4th of July but I went to uh okay so my therapist was like let it be good for 21 days because that's how long it takes to, to break a habit don't look at his Instagram activity just don't fucking pay attention to it. It doesn't matter. Pay attention to how you guys are together when you're in person, the quality of the time spent together, how he treats you, what he says to you, how you feel when you're around him. You know, that's actually what he said, the guy I'm dating said to me as well. He's like, I see sometimes I'm working. Like, pay attention to what it's like when we're together. That's very true. And so then anyway, and then I went to a codependent anonymous meeting because I was like, I have to go somewhere to talk about this and I thought maybe that's wrong maybe I need to go to like a sex and love addicts anonymous meeting maybe this is just like you know but turns out CODA is the place um yeah but I don't know I'm eating again I'm putting the weight back on I couldn't believe I lost 15 pounds um I have to stop checking Instagram activity though because I do, I do fall back into that, which is weird. It's like I'm almost addicted. It's like I'm emotionally cutting myself. I find nothing, but I just like I'm addicted to the habit. Same thing as like I want to start sleeping with my phone in another room 
so it's not right next to my bed because that's another gross thing that I feel a lot of people do, me included, is you, you go to sleep, you wake up in the morning, and then you in, in just like grab your phone first thing in the morning. It's just, no, 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 no. I've got to apply some mindfulness to, um, to, my, to my relationship with my phone. Anyway, but then uh, I went to Magic Mountain with this man uh, that I'm dating and uh, my boyfriend, if you will. It was his birthday. We had a blast. It was a very cozy, lovely uh, day of no bullshit for me. I was very happy. It's been happy. I'm a lot. Anyway. Oh, that's another thing. I just have to like, okay, so it's like, this is what my friend told me yesterday. Um, I'm doing the best I can. I'm looking at myself. I'm working on myself. I'm in this relationship. I'm, I'm like trying to be my best self, trying to be who I am, the self-worth version of me. But then... I'm putting myself under a microscope. So it's all very, it's a lot for me as a human being. It's very hard. It's almost easier to not be in a relationship, but I want to be in this relationship and I want it to be as beautiful as it is most, like the majority of the time. And uh, it's like, I'm going to try to like stop. There's like a part of me, like if I do lash out or if I'm a little bit bitchy here and there, if I'm like a certain way, that isn't ideal, which isn't like the version of me I want to be. The only way I can help that, you know, if, if I'm still acting out a little bit, being moody or however, I would like to take away the aspect of it where I then beat myself up and feel intense shame for it because that just prolongs the negative experience. Because then like the person I'm dating has to live in the shame with me or, or hang out with somebody who's like feeling shameful and that's like not fun. And also it's just really painful for me and it makes me suffer where I'm like, oh, I feel so guilty because I acted that way. It was so embarrassing. I showed the ugly shadow side of myself. I was insecure. Oof. He saw me raw and vulnerable and weak. Gross. Now I hate him because I don't want him to see me like that. And now I see myself through his eyes and I don't like it. Anyway, and then my therapist also said, he was like, that's this behavior, Alexi, is not you. It's the little girl inside you. It's like the wounded child version of you. And you're allowing her to run the show. And that's not allowed. You've got to master your emotions. You have got to get a handle on this little girl. Like you can soothe her, but you're the one who makes the texts. You're the one who says the stuff to whoever you're talking to, not the little girl. The little girl's going to say some fucking sarcastic, mean, snide thing to lash out and like hurt somebody who only wants to like her and love her. So don't fucking like you, you just, you, the adult version of you needs to run the show. So you need to get a grip and master your emotions and take charge. I was like, oh, fuck. That's a very good point. But anyway, uh, so we're at Magic Mountain and uh, and I thought roller coasters would be a, a great idea. I thought, wow, he'll really like this. We'll have cake for, for breakfast, go on roller coasters. You know, what else do we do? Just fun stuff. I, I watched uh, the World Cup. It was very sexy. I went to like a, a, a British pub 
in Santa Monica and I watched the World Cup. And my God, walking into a pub at 11 o'clock in the morning uh, with a bunch of men. I mean, there are some women there, but like majority of men uh, who are, you know, all excited over soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, uh, football, English football. You know what I'm talking about. Fuck you. The pheromones were raging and it was very exciting. I was like so much testosterone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, all these men crammed in one room. Unbelievable. Drinking beer and whatnot at 11 a.m. Very, very exciting. And uh, yeah, anyway, and I'm also excited that uh, England um, won today. This is what I heard. I'm dating, I'm dating a British, a British guy. So, you know, this, this matters to me now, but it's all very sexy. I'm dating a guy who's six, four and into sports or, you know, the world cup. Very hot, very hot. I'm usually into pasty, um, skinny, vamp, vampiric, uh, drummers who, who have thighs smaller than mine. Not, that's not the case with this man. Um, so then we like, we went to watch the world cup, very sexy. And then we, you know, we drove to magic mountain and I thought, wow, it's going to be really fun to like shake myself up and, uh, you know, he, he can hold my hand and we cozy and it'll be romantic and like roller coasters, the G force and whatnot. And it'll just like, shake me out of my head. Something's got to shake me out of this crazy maker. So I go on the roller coasters. They are terrifying you know, uh, yeah. Roller coasters are scary guys. Newsflash. Anyway. And, uh, we're on the roller coasters. Every time we're on a roller coaster, like, you know, there's a photo opportunity. So you like, we, you know, and then we go and check our photo that was taken during the ride. And every photo, it was just like, I, I looked insanely terrified and, you know, he looked, you know, cute and in the moment and terrified also. Um, and so then we go on this one ride and I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to be ready for this photo. I'm going to be ready for this roller coaster photo. And we're on the ride and I'm freaking out. I'm screaming, but I, I don't think there's a flash yet. And I'm like, and I kind of get a grip and I go, oh, wait, wait, Alexi, calm down, calm down. Stop screaming. Like, don't be scared anymore. Like, you got this. Like, start holding a facial, like, start making a face and hold that pose for whenever the photo does come. So I'm like, okay. So I like tilt my head and I make this like shit eating grin where I'm like smiling, I'm like smiling. I'm holding it, holding it, holding it for a long time. And, uh, you know, and actually before I made the face, you could, you could actually, you could see the wheels turning. Like I, like I, I'm like scared, scared, scared. Then I'm like, you know, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to make it go with this. I'm going to try to pose and pose hard. So I'm holding the face and then, you know, I don't know when the flash went off, but like whatever, the ride's over. And, uh, and I'm like, wow, can't wait to see that photo. So my boyfriend and I are like walking towards, uh, you know, the photo section where you get to go see it. You're not allowed to take a photo of the photo because they want to charge you $150 for a photo from the ride. Um, yes. So I'm like, wow, well, I can't, you know, I tell him, I'm like, I can't wait to see this photo. I was like, can't wait to see the photo. I posed. And he goes, photo? It's video. 
And I was like, what? Oh no. Oh no. And like, you know, uh, oh God. Yeah. So we're like walking toward, you know, and we're already, we're not in a weird place, but it's like, you know, it's like day one of me not being like, uh, you know, problematic or something or like day two. And like, so like, we're like, we're like getting back in the swing of like, you know, being happy together in light. And so I was like, but I wanted to be cool still. Like, I don't, I don't want to be like uncool and I wanted to look cute and pretty. And he's like, it's video. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Don't look. And I was like, I, I was like, I posed. Like I was like holding my face to pose. And he goes, what do you mean? And he looks up at the screen and I look up at the screen, t- at the screen too. And, and you could see, and we see our, the video of us on the ride and you fucking see my, my terrified expressions. I'm screaming. And then all of a sudden you see me like get a hold of my head, tilted a bit. And then, you know, and then decide to make a face and I make this face and I hold it. And it's so embarrassing. It was literally like, you know, when people were like on, on Instagram when they're like, it's video and like you, you make fun of a person anyway. Yeah. I fucking did this to myself and it was so humiliating. We didn't buy the video because it was like $40 and I was like, whatever, I'll just tell the story. But like, I wish I had this video now. It was so, it, it would have been worth it. But, and we just laughed so hard at what, like, you know, not to insult myself, but really it was so embarrassing and like classic me to be like, yeah, I'm so cool. I'm so cool. Check this out. I'm going to, and then just be like, oh my God. All right. All right. Bonehead. It's a video anyway. So that was a highlight, but listen, um, I mean, I don't even know where I go with this. This is like crazy that I'm going to release this episode because it's just like so specific to me. Hopefully that makes it universal for you guys. But as far as relationships are concerned, um, I went to my second codependent anonymous meeting tonight and I was a little bit calmer except for the fact that I was like, you know, in a bad mood right before the meeting. Cause, uh, and I was like a little bit of a dick to my boyfriend and then spiraled over that. Cause I thought, no, I've, I've come so far. It's been a week of me being great. And now I'm being like this, but whatever. Anyway. So I'm a work in progress. I'm living my life. I'm doing the best I can. I'm finally waking up to my behavior, I believe. And it's a blessing, I suppose. But it's also like, ugh. I don't know. It's better being unconscious and behaving unconsciously or being conscious and then having to take responsibility and hold yourself accountable because even if you're conscious of your behavior and you don't do anything about it, oof, then you feel really bad. You can't unsee once you've seen who you are. And, uh, and I do worry about putting out a podcast like this because I don't know if he's going to listen, the person I'm dating or friends of his or concerned parties or whatever, but it's like anybody who's listening, I'm just like, I'm a good person. I'm figuring out my life. I'm doing the best I can. I'm much meaner and judgmental of myself than anybody else would be of me. Um, I'm probably being a much harsher critic than the man I'm dating or, or other people, but you know, or not, who knows, what can you do? Um, but I talk about all these things. So I don't know. So you can feel less alone and, uh, yeah. I hope everybody has a beautiful 4th of July. I hope you do not drink and drive. I hope you steer clear of falling fireworks. And, uh, you know, I do love 
getting DMs from strangers. So if any of this stuff resonates with you, if you like this podcast, if you like the fact that I just spoke for about 47 minutes about um, my intense vulnerabilities and mistakes, um, let me know. It'll make me feel less alone. And uh, and I do want to say, like, uh, you know, that's that this is basically what my my big sister sessions are about and girls night in. Now, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, about once a month, I throw a party, a gathering, a meetup, if you will, for girls only. And it's called girls night in. And next, the next one is Sunday, July 8th, this coming Sunday, July 8th at 7 PM in West Hollywood, California. And the whole point of the night is for women just women, women and girls, uh, to get together, make new friends, uh, have some pizza, have beer, get a gift bag. But then we all sit down and uh, I think we're going to begin with like a group meditation, something very light and uplifting, group meditation. And we're all just going to go around and share, similar to a CODA meeting, but everybody's going to share about what brought them there to, to, the, to the night what, what made them feel compelled to come and, you know, what it is, you know, that they're spiraling over. You just heard my long spiel, you know, and this is like kind of like the tone and the vibe of like, this is how raw it gets raw, real and honest. It gets at girls night in where girls can talk about, you know, whatever it is they're experiencing internally, what turmoil is going on in their life, what they're struggling with, what they're trying to fight through and fight past, you know, because that's what we're all just, that's what we're all doing. And a lot of times girls have a difficult time making new friends and a beautiful byproduct of these gatherings I put on uh, is that girls walk away and uh, having made new friends, you know, you at the end of the night after everybody shared and, you know, everybody goes back to mingling and you get your gift bag and then you exchange information. You get phone numbers, emails, Instagram handles, whatever. And it's amazing because a lot of the girls have um, have developed these incredibly real, solid friendships with one another. And one girl started a band with another girl. And like, you know, girls have come back to other girls' nights in saying, we met at the first one we went to and now we've been friends for over a year. It's like so beautiful. So I'm throwing the next one on Sunday, July 8th, 7 p.m., in West Hollywood and I would love for you to be there. And if you want to get tickets for you and your girlfriends, or if you just want to get one for yourself and come alone, that's great. Uh, click the link in my Instagram bio at Alexi Wasser, and it'll direct you to, you know, getting, getting your tickets. And I also offer these sessions via Skype, uh, one-on-one sessions over Skype or in person, if you live in Los Angeles or you're going to be in Los Angeles. And all that information is also uh, in the bio section of my Instagram, because listen, obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trained professional, but my specialty is I read every single self-help book. I go through everything. I think deeply about every exchange and experience I am going through personally. I listen, you know, I, I get so many emails, hundreds of emails a month from girls and guys wanting advice from me or, or like wanting to share their story or whatever it is they're going through. So I decided to offer these one-on-one sessions where I, and I call them big sister sessions where I serve as your big sister. And 
you know, I, the goal is you invite me into your life. You're telling me what you, what's going on with you. And I make sure we end the session with you having helpful action tools and homework to take with you to make you feel more empowered, make you happier, make you, you know, just feel excited and better than where you started, you know, when you got on the phone with me or on the Skype or met up with me. So I've had like, I've had like a handful of these big sister sessions and they are incredible. Oh my God. Just being able to put all of my attention on one person is so wonderful And I am an only child and I can be a bit bossy, but bossy in a very loving way. And if I have your permission and I'm not giving you unsolicited advice and I'm not because that's why, you know, if you buy the session, you want my advice. I have so much advice to give because like I said, I'm going through all of it too. You don't have to make the same, same mistakes that I do. And I'm telling you, even though I'm going through my own shit, I am so self-aware and I am working so hard to like get to the other side of all my own fucking bullshit, but uh, it's always easier to see somebody else's bullshit and what they're going through and see the quick fixes and the, and the life hacks, if you will, of their life. And I'm very good at it and I enjoy it. And I see how happy these girls are at the end of the phone calls. And like, I, you know, we email each other afterwards and they follow up with me and it's like so beautiful. So it's like been a new thing that I've been doing and, uh, it just feels very natural. And I'd love for you to be a potential uh, little sister of mine. So I look forward to maybe having a session with you. I don't know what all this noise is happening. I've got my headphones on. I'm sitting Indian style. I think that's a slur. Oh my God, it's a slur. Indian style. How rude. Oh my God. Do you see how racism is just embedded in like, I mean, my God, let me just check myself real quick. I'm sitting cross-legged on my bed right now. Um, anyway, I'm going to go live my life, but I do want to say if you like this podcast and this is a very unique episode because it isn't, it isn't just usually just me just uh, talking like this, but if you like it, let me know. But if you like this podcast, uh, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, tell all your friends about the show. Um, if you want to support the show financially so I can, you know, buy new equipment and uh, pay for all the things that need to be paid for when it comes to being an independent podcaster. I would love that. You can do that by, fuck it, you can Venmo money for the show to at Alexi Wasser, or you can be a patron and support the show uh, by going to patreon.com forward slash Alexi, and uh, you make a donation, however big or small, whatever it is, it helps me uh, keep doing the show. So I can be as vulnerable and real as you would never want to be in in a public forum. I'll do it for you so you don't have to. Um, You know, I just want to say also I picked at my face the other day and uh, it's a big mistake. I mean, it was a big mistake, but it's just starting to heal. So I just want to remind all of you, whoever you are, uh, don't pick at your face. But if you do, make sure you wash your face and put Neosporin on the open sore on your face. And it will heal. Okay? It will heal. It's like a metaphor for life. Um, 
Well, you guys, thanks for tuning in to this wacky, weird one-off of the Love Alexi podcast. Uh, I will see you again next week. Lots of exciting guests to come. Pat Allen, members of the, uh, you know, people who have been on The Bachelor, potential other reality stars that, you know, get excited. I also want to have some scientists on, architects, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, uh, experts, as well as dermatologists, fertility experts, plastic surgeons, astrologers, so many exciting things coming up. And of course, you know, actors, musicians, directors, writers, all of that. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>